Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf Online, sunburymotors.com. Ford, Kia, Hyundai. Best in new inventory. Great warranties. Fabulous pre-owned inventory with the Sunbury Motors guarantee, which means so much. Does that ever ease the buying experience? And a fabulous service department with great technicians that back it up for the life of the vehicle. The best in the business. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf. Online at sunburymotors.com. The Nets are a shell of themselves, yet the Sixers feel this is an accomplishment. Brooklyn ball, feeding Curry. Curry driving on a beat. In the lane, feeds Johnson. Johnson blocked by a bead. I mean, swatted like a volleyball. Here comes Maxi right at Dinwiddie. Layup up, and that's rejected, but goaltended by O'Neal. Literally end-to-end action. Oh, man, the NBA playoffs. It's fantastic. Yeah, last night, uh, you know how many times the Nets singled Joel Embiid last night? It wasn't many. It was four. Do you know what he did? He scored. Two points, two turnovers. Not good. He's got to be better when he's singled. I mean, that should be feasting time for him, and he needs to be better than he was last night with it. Uh, just just a quick note. I mean, he just, he, you know, I mean, they're up two games to none, so let's face it, you're going to get um, a point where um, if a team, a better team decides to single him, you know, because the Nets are not going to be that team. They'll sweep the Nets. Um, but a better team, and if, if they can get away with singling him, four to six times in a game and he gets two points, two turnovers, you're going to take that every single time. So he's got to be a little bit better in that situation. You act like I don't follow the games. and I don't get it. And you're all about like like playing happy go lucky songs. I, I, you know, I'm I'm over here try, I'm over here trying to give the fans a little meat to uh to chew on. No, it's a good point because I mean overall the Sixers were last lackadaisical last night. So, but well, yeah, but, they definitely need to be but, better in that spot, no question. But the net, but the Nets are are no better than a decent team. I mean they're you know, uh, I mean the Sixers got fortunate. I mean this is their opening round matchup. Just like I feel like the Lakers got fortunate getting um getting Memphis and nobody knows what Morant is on a day by day basis. Um. So, I mean, they can get away with it, but, you know, there will be times where he is singled and he's got to get eight points out of it. If it's going to be four, it's going to be four times he's singled up, he's got to get eight points out of it. Last night he had two points, two turnovers. So it was not 
what you would hope it would be in that situation. That's just called analysis, that's all. Just if you would pass that along. Give you something to think about for the next game. To see, you know, what adjustment he has to make to it when it does happen, because it should be something an area where he feasts. Um in baseball, your guy and Otani go head-to-head in Yankee Stadium. Great pitching matchup tonight. I think Clark Schmidt, I think, has the better ERA at 8.44. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Which is pretty sad, yeah. So we'll see. This is a toss-up tonight. Just, that's just awful. But look, can I, in all seriousness, think about what Otani is actually doing. Right? Every other player in the league goes through a routine to get ready for a game. So Aaron Judge, for example, like Labor Torres, like you know, like like Aaron Hicks, like anybody, like Anthony Rizzo, they go through their usual routine to get themselves ready for the day of the game, whether it's batting practice, working in the field, whatever it happens to be, right? Otani has to do all of that because he's in the lineup as a hitter, but he also has to take time every day to go through the same regiment the pitching staff goes through. Whether it's long toss, you know, a little bit of throwing in between games, things like that. So he's got to do that on top of what he's also doing with the hitting regiment. And that's what makes this, in a lot of ways, uh, a lot of fun to watch somebody do what he does because he literally is going through a routine that nobody else in baseball has to go through, and it's a routine that nobody has had to go through in baseball since the 19-teens. And believe me, in the 19-teens, they weren't doing the same regiment they do today. Babe, you want the ball? Yeah, I got it. We're good. Okay, I'll take it. There wasn't a lot of throwing in between back then. But think about the regiment he has to go through. That's just a little different than everybody else. It's different than any other pitcher has to go through, and it is different than what any other hitter has to go through. So he has to really um, make sure that his time is efficiently spent between the two disciplines. And I don't think that's something that people talk about enough, what somebody has to do in between starts or what they have to do then to prepare for that day of the game. Because it's the part nobody sees. You, of course, think this is hogwash because Aaron Judge is way better in your eyes. (laughs) No, it's a very good point. Well, that's why I made it. What, what do you think? I'm out here wasting my time? No, senor! No, senor! No, senor! <laughs> Just giving the man praise. What he's doing is a little bit different. All right, now for your next rant. I know you are not finished. I mean, this got this does go to the Sixers game last night. Now, 
The officiating overall was pretty good, but the fourth quarter, I thought the refs had a bad quarter. In particular, one of them was when I forgot who Tyrese Maxey was facing on the Nets, but it was, I think it was Cam Johnson, actually. It was an air ball, so the refs immediately point to Sixers' ball, but then all of a sudden, they come together and they said Maxey tipped the ball, and then it went out of bounds, so the Nets got the ball back. And this was still a relatively close game, like early in the fourth quarter. And you look on the replay, clearly, Maxey did not touch the basketball. I mean, it was somewhat close, but if you can, there was no change in the rotation of the ball. You you don't even see Maxie's fingertips or hand get on the basketball, and they didn't even review it. I I just didn't understand that whole sequence last night. That totally flabbergasted me. At least review the play if you have to huddle up and change the call on the court. And I think that the official that made the call on the court was like 30 feet away from the play. I mean, I, I hate when officials do that. Did uh, did you win last night? Yeah, it was no. They didn't score. It was no harm, no foul after that. But you know, I, still, that can't happen this time of the year. I'm just asking, just asking for a friend. <laughs> just, just asking. But yes, no harm, no foul on that possession in the game itself. But still, can't happen. <sighs> there, uh, Paul Zeese uh, wrote an article in the Pittsburgh Post Gazette about a girls basketball coach in the western part of the state um, um, I think uh, and she coached for 37 years and her team went 18 and 9 this year um and in going um, 18 and 9, she decided to get out of coaching. Name is Dana uh, Petruska. Coached for 37 years, more than 500 games. She won more than 500. Back. She won a state championship in 2018. Pennsylvania Coach of the Year, the whole thing. Now, this year they went 18-9, and nine, made it to the quarterfinals of the WPIAL, played in the state playoffs. Most people feel pretty good about it, right? She's in good health, right? Long track record of success, okay? Former players consider a mentor, a friend, a mother figure, and guess what? She's going to retire. And she loves basketball. Loves basketball. You know, she is a a lifer. Her son, Jimmy, he's now the women's coach at St. Vincent. But she's going to retire. You want to know why? 
parents. Uh, she says that they have no ability to deal in reality and are delusional about their kids' ability that are increasingly zapping the joy out of coaching. And it's the same thing that's zapping the joy out of officiating, to be honest with you. And I give officials a lot of credit. Yeah. Now, do I say something on a broadcast about an official back call? But nothing's ever. It's not personal, ever. Hey, if you know, it, you're just making a comment about the call, not about the person. Because I know a lot of the officials. They're good people. And people make really bad assumptions about them. No, they're against my team. They're not against your team. Jeez. All right. Do you think they want to go back to the locker room when they're done and get the dreaded text from the conference office, call me, we need to look at something? Which happens in the locker room after the game. You think they want that? No. I mean, do many of you even know that happens? Probably not until I mention it. High school coaches make about six to ten thousand dollars a year, depending on where you're going. And guess what? You're making what a dollar an hour based on the number of hours you're putting in. Because coaches just they they throw their heart and soul into this. But according to to her. There are some, yeah, you know, there are some parents that are great. They're great, okay? But there's also a series out there that are ungrateful. They question everything that a coach does. And guess what? Guess what they don't get? They don't get a lot of you know in, in this case, she wasn't getting a lot of support from her administration. Parents start yelling at them, parents start rumors. I mean, this is what's happening in some school districts. So Petruska talked with Chris Harlan of the Tribune Review in Pittsburgh. And she said, quote, I had parents screaming at me from the bleachers this year. Usually I'm pretty thick-skinned. But I'm thinking to myself, I'm busting my backside every single day to have this team be successful, including your daughters. And you sit up there and you don't see what I see every day in practice. A parent screaming at me from the bleachers? I finally said, you know what, I'm done with this. So you're talking about somebody who's won over 500 games, has coached for 37 years, right? Probably feels like she's heard everything, but evidently over the last few years she's heard more. And let's face it, I mean, how do the kids feel when the, when the parents are screaming at the coach? I think they're, this is a case where I don't care what about the other four players you put out there. They better be good, but one of the five better be my, my child. I got that. I understand that. We love our children. Um, and are there some bad coaches out there that need to be fired or removed for being around kids for obvious reasons? Of course. But let's face it, the overwhelming majority are really good people trying to do a tough job, trying to mentor kids, right? And that's the bottom line. 
Petruska's other quote to Chris Harlan of the Tribune Review was, quote, I've been accused of showing favoritism towards certain kids. I do, because those are the kids who are busting their backsides every day. Some of the kids, especially lately, just feel so entitled to playing time, it wears you down and I'm getting old. I mean, you know, do you know who determines who plays in a game? This is where you jump in with an answer. This will be profound. Well, it's the players and what they do in it, practice. That's right. The players determine who plays. You'd be shocked by that. Yes, the players determine who plays. In other words, the player has to practice in such a way, whether it's in junior high, high school, college, or the pros. They have to practice in such a way where the coaching staff looks at him or her and says, there is no way in heck we can keep that person out of the lineup. That's where it's done. And it's always done in the part that none of you can see. Um, And... Paul writes, the saddest part about Petruska's story and so many like it is it's an area that we need our best and our brightest, coaches, teachers, mentors. And we just lost another one of the good ones. There are a lot of kids who lost out on the opportunity to play for someone who clearly cares deeply about them and their development. Hopefully we'll start seeing some changes there. I understand the love for your child. I got it. Completely get it. But they are not out there being, my kid's not. It's like the player that, I'll tell you what, I've said to coaches many times. Many times I've said this to them. And I'll tell you, I was telling James about this. I said, I think one of the hardest parts of your job is when the kid thinks he is giving it everything he has and you're standing there and you know that they can give more. And you have to convince them that what they're doing is not enough. That's why I always talk about when people go to games, I don't care if it's a high school game or it happens to be a college game, pro game, whatever it may be. I don't care why you just can't cheer for your team. It doesn't always have to be, you know. Oh, I forgot. I'm I'm talking to an Eagles fan. All right, we'll come back with more in a moment. Great to have you with us today. (laughs) You guys perfected it. Here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Get the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. Hmm. When car repairs get difficult. Well, I I just don't know. Um, Me neither. We get good. Sunbury Motors. More than quality new and used cars, Sunbury Motors specializes in complicated auto repair diagnosis. They can handle intricate repairs and even complete auto body with service open Monday through Friday, 7 till 4. And Sunbury Motors has made simple repairs easy. Maintaining your vehicle is necessary. Finding the time to do it is difficult. Welcome to Sunbury Motors Quick Lane. Open 7 till 4, Monday through Friday. Just walk in or call ahead. Relax in their remodeled waiting room with Wi-Fi, beverages, and snacks. Will Sunbury Motors factory trained techs take care of 
your oil change, tire alignments, brakes, and inspections. Quick Lane, 630 to 6, Monday through Friday, Saturday, 630 till 2. Sunbury Motors, Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. We take the mm. out of auto repair. Puts it up. And Curry's got the board. Green gets tied up. And a technical has been assessed. Sabonis is down. Let me say this. Draymond stepped on him, but Sabonis grabbed his leg first. As he goes down, watch him grab Draymond right there. Now, that right there is where the foul came in. No good! No good! No good! My guy, Jim Jackson. Accurately uh, taking you through the play. I've worked with him a couple of times on um, BTN. Big Jim fan. Well, a couple of people said during uh, out in Des Moines, they said, boy, Jim kept coming up and he talked to me. I said, but Jim and I have worked together. There's a lot of trust there. I just, I just think very highly of him. As for Draymond Green, I'll never forget the look on his face when Penn State buried Michigan State in the Big Ten semifinals <laughs> in 2011. There you go. That's right. No, I know. I was a witness. <laughs> he probably didn't like the fans either, but oh wait, I can talk to them when I want to. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15, Hummels Wharf online at sunburymotors.com. Ford Kia Hyundai. Best in new inventory, great pre-owned inventory with the Sunbury Motors guarantee, and a fabulous service department that backs it all up every day with just a great, great group of technicians. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 to 15, Hummels Wharf, online at sunburymotors.com. So far, you've gone after the, the officials. You've gone after Draymond Green. Is there anybody left? <laughs> uh, no, that's about it for today. Are you sure? Yes. Those are the two things that really got me going last night. Really? Yes. Okay. I mean, I'm always annoyed by Josh Harris looking like, you know, he's uh enjoyed one too many cocktails on the on the side on the baseline with his buddies and it looked like he was with his uh new commander's peeps, but you know, that's just beating a dead horse by now. I don't I, I don't get what you got against him. I don't get it. 
Is it the money? Is it the fact he's richer than you are? Is it what is it? <laughs> well, if that would be the case, I probably wouldn't be doing this. If it was about the money. I just don't like how he conducts himself and how he does business. He signed MB to a long contract. His Devils team is in the Stanley Cup playoffs against the Rangers. Am I missing something? Yeah, championships. Well, only one team wins every year. I mean, Jeffrey Lurie's delivered you one. That's it. Who know? Yes, but they've still been a playoff contender nine times out of ten during his entire tenure. This goes back to 1994. They've been to the Super Bowl multiple times under Laurie. I mentioned all the playoff uh, appearances, division titles, you name it. They haven't had that with the Sixers on on the in the entire scope of Josh Harris's tenure. Obviously, recently they have, but not in the entire scope of things. I get circumstances were a little bit different. They took different turns and things like that. But and the bottom line is too, Jeffrey Lurie is invested. What Jeffrey Lurie is doing right now, he's they, they've had some personnel front office issues in in the past. I, I you know I I was highly critical of him when they happened, but at least he's fully invested in his team and he's allowing Howie Roseman to be as savvy cap savvy as he's been, especially in recent years. And just look at the cap numbers for Jalen Hurts' contract. It's pretty good for these next four years. I don't know. I haven't seen the cap number. 2023, for next year, it's a $6.15 million cap hit. 2024 is 13.56 mil. Then 2025, it starts to get up there. 21.77 mil. 2026 is 31.77 mil. And it's obviously going to get substantially higher 2027, 2028. But bottom line is, those four years, especially these next two years, which we are, which we agree is probably going to be the window here for the Eagles to try and win a Super Bowl with in terms of putting good, really good, solid pieces around them, they have that capability still. They can bring in Buda Baker, maybe, in a trade if it works out with the Cardinals. I think that can happen now, especially with that small of a salary cap hit. That's because Jeffrey Rowley's willing to pay the big bucks now because they have to worry about 5,000 other franchises like Josh Harris has to worry about. Oh, he's, he's concerned now with the commanders. He didn't care about your team. But that still is what? Fourth team now? It's third. Well, third here in North America, but he's got the Premier League team, too. Oh, okay. Yeah, you got to worry about that. 
Hmm. Well, I think you. I think you're just jealous of the money. No, senor! No, senor! No, senor! I think you would love to own part of a team. Be in the owners' meetings. I have a I have a good friend of mine that is part owner of a team, and uh, he has some interesting stories. Uh, there have been some frustrating years, some good years, now potentially great years. Right? And he just enjoys the whole thing. You being a part owner, you'd be the one sitting in the room and everybody go, okay, all right. Oh, let him finish. <laughs> At least I would be invested in that one single team. Yeah, I guess that's all you can afford. <laughs> No. Regardless, I'm invested in that one team. That's all. So, in other words, you have a choice between the Eagles and the Yankees. Which one do you pick? Eagles. The Eagles? Really? New York a little too expensive for you? No, it's just the Eagles are a reason why I became a sports fan, so. That disappointing group? (laughs) Yes. Yes, the Eagles slash the NFL was my first love of sports. Well, the NFL, I can understand, but, like, I mean, what if they come up to you and you're in the Eagles owners meeting and they say to you, we have an idea for Monday Night Football, we're going to do dollar dog night. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I would say, did you not watch what happened across the street? I'm just saying. I'm just, I'm just, I just thought I'd bring it up. Let's do something with chickies and peats instead. Those are bigger sandwiches. I think that, I think that causes a bigger problem. I'm talking about the crab fries. We do a deal. Well, actually, you can probably. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know food. No food. You have a lot of issues in that town. (laughs) A lot of issues. Maybe give like discount cards for the concessions or something. (laughs) And it's paper thin ticket. Look, you throw them, then you're just stupid. Okay, I don't think I'm going to get into that part of it because I could actually probably go like you know, like pretty in deep on it. All right, so well, yeah, you got him right in the BJC. You got to take advantage of it. I don't think you take advantage of it as often. What Chicky and Pete's? Yes. No, I, since I've it opened up in there. BJC, I would be there almost every night getting some crab fries. I've gone there one time. <laughs> I know. Yeah, but I don't run around to the concession stands. Before the game, no, I know. Yeah, right. I, I don't have the time either. But you know, right? It's it's it. Well, it's not it's not just the time, you know. But like to me, for me to walk over, um, you know, let's face it. I mean, it's out of the way. That's not well. It's on the opposite side. But I don't know how to phrase this. 
it takes me longer than most people. How about that? Well, yeah, that's a good point. Okay. And it's not that, and everybody's nice. So it's not like they aren't nice because they are. Right. But it does take longer because people do want to stop and say something to you or ask questions or whatever. Okay. I got it. Okay. And I'm and I'm more than happy to do that. But at the same time, if I'm if I'm in the booth a half hour before the game, I kind of just want to stay near there because I mean I'm on a half and then a half an hour. How about that? Perfectly understandable. Okay. Um, you know, some people like a red carpet, a little bit of a band. You know. Red carpet unfurls, band plays hail to the chief when they walk up. You know, and, and let's face it, I mean, I got to give, you know, Dave Ritchie a lot of credit for watching this happen every time at the Shikolomi Games. S U I T, that spells Suta! <laughs> He's actually on vacation all this week. What's the difference between this week and the other weeks? <laughs> oh, my almighty! <laughs> Just the location? <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. All right. So tonight, uh, I'm hoping the Yankees get their game in tonight. This should be pretty good tonight with the... Uh, uh, with the angels, but the weather's, I mean, it's going to get warmer tomorrow. Yeah, I was out there earlier today. It was snowing a little bit here. You know, no big deal, but it was like a flurry, but it was still snowing. I'm like, geez. Uh, Major League Baseball is going to test out more rules changes in the Atlantic League. I pointed out the Atlantic League many, many times because that's where they... Um, That's where they, that's like their proving ground on stuff. And like, for example, the the robot umpire and so forth. Some of the changes you're seeing now with the bigger bases, tried in the Atlantic League, pitch clock tried in the Atlantic League. So now they're going to look at a couple of other rule changes. The league has announced a series of experimental rules today that will be used in the Atlantic League this season, including a designated pinch runner double hook designated hitter rule and further limitations on a pitcher's ability to make pickoff moves. Now what is to me comical about this is that there was an owner with the Oakland A's years ago named Charlie Finley. Charlie Finley advocated for the designated hitter and no pitchers hitting. He advocated for a designated runner and he advocated for orange baseballs to be used. And he was he was looked at as a nut. Right. Uh, except for the orange baseballs, what are we doing here? The designated pinch runner rule would allow a player who is not in the starting lineup to be used at any point in the game as a substitute base runner. The player who was subbed out, as well as the pinch runner, would still be able to return to the game. The double hook designated hitter rule. 
would allow a team to use the DH throughout the game as long as the starting pitcher throws at least five innings. If that doesn't occur, the team then loses its DH, and the pitcher spot would have to bat for the remainder of the game. The rule was also used in the Atlantic League last season. I don't like that rule. I agree. I do not like that either. Okay. Uh, there's also a single disengagement rule, which means pitchers can only take their foot off the uh, slab once per at-bat to attempt a pickoff or reset the pitch clock. The Atlantic League, of course, uh, has been a designated Major League Baseball partner for the last four years. Some of the rules have stuck, eventually being used in the big leagues, while others haven't. Uh, now we all know what they've debuted this season. Uh, but you know what? I mean, at least they're – I give Major League Baseball credit. They have been stuck in their ways for a long time, okay? But they felt they had to do something. And not only did they do something, they made the game, in my opinion, maybe it's not yours, in my opinion, they made the game better. There was a game in, I think it was I think it was actually the Angels game, in Fenway the other day, and it was not a 2-1 game. The Red Sox won the game, I don't know, 9-7. It took them an hour and 58 minutes. Wow. And when you're sitting there and you're looking at um, the – we've talked about this with MLS, right? That because it's running clock, that people can go to matches, and Tony Knopp and I have talked about this, and in a little bit less than two hours, you're done. Okay? Okay. Um... Let's see. Guardians played a game this year. Um, Two hours, four minutes. And I'm not saying, you know, you need to go at the speed of sound to do this. You don't have to do that. But all they're doing is picking up the pace of the game. Where everybody... What they have done is they have cut out a lot of dead time. And Major League Baseball has cut out 26 minutes a game so far. That's great. Right now the average is 237. 237. And that's... And you're talking about the average length of game in Major League Baseball since 2014. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight of the last nine years, it's averaged over three hours. 
Okay. The average right now is 237. Marlins and Twins played a game. One hour, 57 minutes. Again, it's. I'm not talking about, like, let's do this at the speed of sound. Like, I get the ball. No, no, no. But to me, I felt like I'm watching something that has a flow to it. How about that? A flow. And that's why, for example, I mean, golf's got that issue right now with guy. you know, you've got somebody like Matthew Fitzpatrick who just like, I'm ready. And then Patrick Cantlay who's got to go through some routine on a, on a two-inch putt. Like, let's, come on, let's go here. Just tap the thing, move on. I give baseball all the credit in the world. They saw a problem, and to their credit, instead of just saying, no, 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 we're baseball, this is how we do it, they took steps to attempt to correct it. And I think they're on the right track. Back with more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WK. Since then, he's seen three additional specialists, most recently on Friday, and, you know, they're all in, a, in agreement. It's not two to one or three to one or anything like that. They're all in lockstep uh, of what this was and that he is cleared, resumed full activities just like anyone else who was coming back from an injury or whatever. So he's he's fully cleared, he's here, and he is of the mindset, he's in a great headspace to uh, come back and, and uh, make his return. Since then. Unfortunately for you, the experts that they went to on this are, all were members of his negotiating team. He never mentioned doctors, did he? Were you talking about Jalen Hurts? Yeah, I mean, ah. he, he talked to specialists. One was his nutritionist. One was his. <laughs> Regardless of that, it's great to have Demar Hamlin back. Oh, that was Demar Hamlin. Oh, I was on Demar. I'm yes. thrilled for Demar Hamlin. Me too. Well, you know, uh, let's see how it goes with him. I'm thrilled for him. Uh, but yeah. But your guy, Jalen Hurts. Oh, yeah. We talked to a whole bunch of specialists. He's good to go. Who'd you talk to? I talked to his agent, talked to his nutritionist. I talked to. Him. 